0: Today on the Provoke and Inspire podcast, you see two things in the book of Acts. You see bold proclamation evangelism, and you see incredible signs and wonders. I don't want to hear your lame excuses. When you're ready to surrender to Jesus, then I will pray for you. We never put ourselves in a position where we need to see God move, and so why should we expect him to move? Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. This is a Road Report edition. Um, road Report edition. Yes, I am in the housing of our uh, tour here in Colombia. To my left, or kind of straight ahead of me We're is in David. Bogota, actually, not just generally Colombia. Well, yeah, Come you're, on. You're always somewhere specifically. You're not yeah, just but sort you of said, you didn't, hovering you said, in the ether. Yeah, that's why you should have said we are in Bogota. Well, yeah, how much more specific do you want me to get? No, that's enough. We're on I don't know Juan Vadel's Street, is it? I don't know. Uh, so here we are. We're in Columbia on tour with No Longer Music, and when we are on the road, we do like to do road report podcasts. So that's what we're doing today. Obviously, we do not have Chad. We do not have Luke. We we possibly don't even have an explanation for why we don't have them. Or do well. We? Chad was he? Had, you know, Chad loves
1: coffee, right? Well, yeah, obviously. Look at him. And so he was going. I don't know. He was going to to like Captain Donut or something. <laughs> And, those uh, are really popular in the South. But uh he had drank too much coffee, so he had to stop. <laughs> he drank it, yeah. He and drank it way too much he coffee. He didn't have he had to he couldn't make it to the uh the lavatory. Plate. Yeah, so he kind of jumped out at, he had to pull over and there was one of those portaloos. you know what those are?
0: I if I'm not from I'm from the Northern Hemisphere, so no. Well, so he's in one of those portaloos. I think in the US we called him Biffies. <laughs>
1: well, so he goes in there. <laughs> um and but there was like uh it was at night they had there was no light uh-huh. you know so he goes in there kind That's of locks it i don't know if i'd do and that and he doesn't couldn't believe it but luke was in there at the same time go on and so then he didn't know and there's they kind of there was a scuffle and then the whole thing kind of
0: collapsed <laughs> there were there were fisticuffs in the in the uh and the so
1: and then because because uh uh Chad was loaded down with his book, 10,000 Risks. It broke a hole in the whole thing, and they plunged there thus into the, you know. The and, Magnus uh, layer of which the Which actually happened to, to Kippy's cell phone yesterday. Yeah,
0: no, it did. Yeah. Uh, that is worth worth mentioning. Kippy... Well, you know, he was in the bus of our uh, our tour bus. Yep, and uh, he he. I was sitting in a seat, and and he went in, and I heard a. Clank. No, you were in a co- in a, the bus seat. Yes, yeah, so I was in the in the bus seat. Yeah, and I heard a clanking, yeah. and then I heard a shrieking. Yeah, and I thought, oh no,
1: did we did we run over? Or oh, oh no,
0: did Kimmy fall or- in? So, But no, fortunately, Kippy emerged. This is, we're talking about the bus t- toilet, if yes, you will. Yes, the toilet in the bus. Yeah. And uh, Kippy emerged, but alas, his phone did not. Yeah, well, so he, it, he's there was like a three-pointer. He's getting ready to like dive in there. He's putting on all this. Yeah, I know. He's putting on a,
1: on a hazmat suit, and I he's going to go I first. Just le- I would have said, hey, let's just move on. Unfortunately, he
0: put a hazmat suit on, and he managed to pluck his phone from the the... This sort of uh, receptacle, what did he do afterwards with it? Uh, I don't know, it's now absorbing in some sort of rice and uh, toilet ta- would combination. Wouldn't you? Would you I wouldn't want to touch it, after yeah, but that. it adds a nice flavor to it. So, anyway, uh, Kippy's phone, the status unknown. That we don't rhymed, know if it so survived. It. Then. No, we do know that Chad and Luke did survive, the books did not. Yes, they are currently and making their way back up to the surface of the planet, so wish them well, yeah. Uh, this is the provoke and inspire podcast, uh, following Jesus in secular culture. Uh, before we talk a little bit about what God has been doing here in Colombia with no longer music, David has a
1: David's random story. So anyway, before our no longer music tour, I was at a uh, up in the mountains here in Colombia. Colombia is beautiful. It's got these amazing. Yeah, mountains. You're, you're you're very high. No, I'm not. I'm don't do no that. no no. It... <laughs> I, mean, I would. <laughs> God. Well, first of all, we are to high. our listeners, I want you to know that I don't you're chemically do chemicals. Free. Yes. So what do you mean I'm very high? Well, like you were saying, you're up in the mountains. So anyway, yeah. I was in the mountains and I was not high, and I was in the mountains. What oh, are you adoring? We were doing a provoke and inspire and uh Steiger conference It was amazing. I mean, so many yep. people came. But uh <clears throat> one of the things you had to be <laughs> aware of but, uh, there was uh this uh monkey if you will and not if you will he actually was a monkey and he had to so i get there and they're going so like, there was an
0: actual monkey in the mountains
1: yeah in the and the and everyone's going like hey you got to be careful with the monkey and i'm like i like that you know what i mean cuz i don't like friendly yeah what's the use of a f- yeah. friendly monkey it's like that cat in madrid remember that attacked yeah. everybody that El was Gato pretty, diablo. Yeah, there's this demonic cat and he would just like
0: attack you. I know, and
1: they, and even the owners hated the cat. I loved it. And it was so great because then if you, you could just jump you anytime and just start Yeah, you had it. to you had to be on your guard. Yeah, so this monkey was apparently the same way. However, there was a slight twist to the story. <laughs> this monkey pretty much left you alone. Pretty, unlo- I've
0: never heard someone
1: pass tense much before. Unless you got near the cat. Because apparently he had some kind of like... Special bond. Relationship with the cat. Yeah. And so if you ever got near the cat, then he would like attack you. Wow. And so like I would try to like, you know... What would, of course, naturally yeah. you would
0: try to antagonize the cat. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then the monkey like... Like that. And it was really cool. And it kind of, I guess, you know, that's the the random part of the... Maybe the light part of the random story, but the thing I guess that it just really made me want, realize is how important it is that I wrote my book, "Sex in the Single Record." Yeah, because when I saw that monkey and the relationship he had with the cat, you know, which was, and I didn't judge the monkey. Why would you? Yeah, you shouldn't. You know, I didn't put in. You know, I didn't. You like, didn't like stereotype no, or anything. No, and I still liked him. Yeah, you know, even though he, I couldn't. You remain open minded and fair spirited. Uh, because he would attack me. You know? Right. You know, maybe he has his reasons. Maybe he had something happen to him in his past. Yeah, it was a Freudian thing. Yeah. And so it just kind of encouraged me in my book. Thank you for all of you who buy my book, Sex and the Written Single Raccoon. Uh, I don't understand this relationship that the monkey has
0: with the cat, but, you know, who am I to judge? And that's the random story for the day. (laughs) You know, I I have always been a fan of intra-species loyalty. Yeah. You know? When when other animals will stand up for each other outside of their animal genus, if you will. It's very yeah. inspiring. Yeah, if all the animals would fight against the people, the,
1: the animals would I actually would read an article
0: on the bus yesterday that said that if all of the spiders united, they could eat every human being in a year.
1: But who's going to be their leader? That's,
0: that's true. Thing. I mean, which of the spiders... Which leads us to a podcast on leadership. <laughs> who's going to lead the spiders? There's well, no leader among them. No, that's true. Uh, anyway, they have David's random story. Uh, an inspiring tale of a monkey and his love for a cat. Let that be a lesson to all of you out there with your striving and your conflict. There's love to be had for everybody. Uh, Just a reminder, uh, if you We are are really high up in the mountains here, too. Yeah, don't edit that one out. uh, Or change that slightly. But, uh, so... Just to remind you, if you are – it feels like a bizarre segue. If you're inspired by what we do, not so much the last five minutes, but perhaps – the past podcasts and what is to come. Uh, You should consider joining uh, what Steiger is doing around the world to reach and disciple the global youth culture. Uh, It's really amazing what God is doing around the world. We feel very blessed the way he's opening up doors and changing lives. And if you're inspired by this and you want to be part of it, the first step for you is the Steiger Mission School. Uh, This is a 10-week school that we run out of uh, near Dresden in Germany It's an amazing time of understanding, learning to understand the global youth culture, uh, relevant models of evangelism and discipleship. You're with like-minded people who are passionate about reaching the world. Uh, It's an amazing time of teaching and worship and practical experience, doing outreach every single week uh, in Dresden, in Amsterdam. Uh, It's really an amazing, life-changing time. So if you're listening to this Consider taking a risk and, and coming and being a part of that's the greatest risk you will ever take. Yeah, I mean in our
1: last school we had people from twenty four countries. Yeah. And it is really, really amazing. Yeah. And, and you go out on the streets uh
0: every Yeah, week. you really get to put this stuff into practice. It does Day it, of it's not just an academic thing, yeah. though you you get great teaching from yep. world class teachers. Uh it's uh yeah, it's an amazing thing. So org slash SMS. And it does fill up, so you need to Yeah, you need to, to, get, to get on, get on and apply quickly. We have two schools. We had to uh double because we we had so much demand. So yeah, consider checking that out. Uh anyway, so I just want to turn my attention to what's happening here in Columbia. We um really connected to the Steiger Mission School. We uh had this you know, amazing growth of people from Colombia that were coming to our school. Uh, God has allowed us to connect with some very dynamic, very passionate people here who are so serious about reaching their country for Jesus. I mean, these guys are radical. I mean, Absolutely. they are, they never stop. They are so bold. They are out on the streets all the time uh, telling people about Jesus. Uh, and so they, they said, you got to come here with no longer music, uh, so this tour has been a couple of years in the making, uh, and now we are actually almost at the end. We have one last show tonight just outside of Bogota, uh, but we've done nine shows so far, uh, and God has done, I mean, just unbelievable things. Maybe, David, yeah. you could just give some of the highlights of what God has done. And then well, I... I, I mean, we've seen thousands
1: of people at the shows, in every—you and know, uh, one of the things that's been so normal on this tour is that God has been showing the truth in what we what we preach by people getting healed. I mean, sign, like real miraculous yeah. uh, things. And that's kind of what uh, the, the main topic I want to talk about later. Yeah. In. And and so we're just seeing a whole, you know, one of the things I felt uh, someone said to me um, is that God wanted me personally to expect more uh, signs and wonders in yeah. my life. You know, I mean, I've, I've felt like I've really experienced authority when I preach in, in clubs and festivals and that kind of thing. But, uh, but if any but people need and i've seen a lot of people respond but also to expect miraculous signs because it gives so much authority you know to your message and i think that's something that's really been um in a new way for me on this tour
0: yeah and and if i'm honest even sort of what kind of uh you know broke the dam open for me in this whole area was a kind of a funny story so uh i think we it might have been the fourth show of the tour third or fourth show i I forget things kind of blur together when you're on tour, um, but we uh, we played in this rougher area. Um, it was not actually the location we were originally supposed to have that we were forced to move because the power lines were too low for us to set up. Yeah, really rough area. So we we're in this rough area and it's just not looking good. It's like this basketball court, and it's it's you know Columbia is has some pretty some pretty rough areas, and <clears throat> so we're wondering are people going to come? Um, what's it going to be like? And, and a decent crowd came, and we preached, and it was good, and God moved. Um, uh, and so I'm out in the crowd and, and I'm out there with, um, one of the Russian speaking world leaders we have named Valery, and we're talking to people and, uh, we talked to one guy and he's from Venezuela. And of course, if you've been following the news, there's just crazy times in Venezuela. It's incredibly sad what what's happening there, the turmoil and people trying to flee and the economy collapsing and everything else. And, you know, he's saying, you know, my family's, uh, my family's still back in Venezuela and, um, can you pray for them? And he gave his life to Jesus and we were able to encourage him. And, and so then we, uh, the next thing we did is we, we kind of kept walking and and Valerie was like, we got to find one more set of people to talk to. So we, he saw these three young guys sitting on a bench. He said, let's go talk to them. So I went over and, um, I started, you know, how would you think of the show? And I started talking to them and they kind of were like, yeah, we, we were here, but we didn't, we weren't paying attention. You know, we were really weren't weren't interested. So they
1: were they were watching the they were
0: they were for the show did
1: but said ah, we don't care. Right,
0: right. They said we didn't care. So I was like, uh, okay. Uh, so I, I started to explain the gospel to them, and they were it was very awkward. They were looking away, barely making eye contact with me, and clearly not very interested in what I had to say. But you know, whatever, I'm going to persevere. So I'm trying to trying to connect with them, trying to share how Jesus loves them and how there's hope and how He can forgive them and all this. And then finally, I noticed that one of the guys, his hand is all wrapped up; it's all bandaged up. And uh, (laughs) I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I kind of was like, "Well, I'll give this a try." You know, so so
1: you you weren't really, you
0: didn't have like this great faith or no? I mean, I'm just to be transparent. I I, it's not that I don't believe that God can heal, but I I like you. I I need to push myself more in this area. I need to sort of tap my inner Chad on this Mm -hmm. and and take more risks in this area of my life. And so I thought, okay. You know, what would Chad do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I said, well, you know, what's wrong with your wrist? I kind of turned right. segued the conversation. And the guy said, oh, I fell and I can't move it. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I, had, I have to have it all wrapped up. And I said, well, how about I just pray that God would reveal his power to you guys by healing your your arm, your hand? Yeah. And they said, uh, okay. <laughs> so I said, I started to pray for this guy's hand. And I said, how does it feel? And he he starts moving it. He's like, wow, it feels a lot better. I said, does it feel completely better? And he's like, uh, oh, not completely better. So I said, all right, let's keep praying. So I, I prayed again. And then all of a sudden he starts ripping the bandage off and he he tears this bandage off and he throws it aside and he's, he's flailing his arm back and forth. Wow. And he's like, wow, it's, it's amazing. It's totally better. And so then I said, well, now can I pray that Jesus would heal you or sorry, that Jesus would come into your life? And they said, yes, yeah, of course. So then I Pray for all three of these boys, and they they give their life to Jesus and we connect them to the to the church uh and since then i mean not not I'm not saying it was because of me, but God has just done this kind of thing every single night I mean we've seen people's you know the discs in their back healed we've seen people with headaches they'd go away we we hear that a lot of people come
1: and they they just feel i mean it's a very intense city and and it's so a lot of people are sick yeah and and we hear people just walk in. To the concert, and they get—they're not sick. Yeah, you know, they feel healed, and then they're going, "What's going on?" And then they're
0: so hungry for the message. Yeah. So, so the—I guess—the thing I want to talk about, as it relates to the specific specific story I just mentioned—is, you know, in my life, if I'm being honest, and then I think in the lives of many of those of you listening, you know, we just don't see that very much. Right. And and I, you know, this fall I I went through um the book of Acts, and the, the thing that so stood out to me again. Was that you see two things over and over and over again in the book of Acts? You see bold proclamation evangelism, yep, and you see incredible signs and wonders. Yep, they just seemed absolutely connected. And yet, I mm-hmm. feel like in a lot of our westernized Christian context, mm-hmm. we don't see much of either, honestly. Um, but if we see any, we see a mm-hmm. lot of the the the. You know, there'll be some evangelism. Um, but you rarely see this powerful combination, and I think what's been so unique about this tour is we've seen both. Mm-hmm. And so, David, why do you, why do you think why do you think we aren't seeing this together uh, in 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 our sort of everyday context in in Westernized Christianity well, or just I think, Christianity in general? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think your first point was bold proclamation of the gospel, and so I don't know if. For me, when I've experienced supernatural things in terms of God, it's what I've been in places where I've needed that to happen. And so, by you're not going to see a lot of signs and wonders in your in your life if you don't put yourself in a place where you need that to happen. If you don't, if you don't, uh, I think that that a lot of times, if you read in the Book of Acts, they needed signs and wonders in order to survive the experience because they were people were trying to kill them. They were t- they were, everyone was was tr- uh, trying to stop them from doing this. So they would pray, "Show your signs and wonders. Give us great boldness to preach your word." You know, like it says in Acts four thirteen. So they were; it was necessary. It wasn't just uh, something uh, dramatic, or or just to get people to, you know, what I mean. It can be; yeah. it can almost be a self thing? You know, right? Look how God it? It's like I, we can't do this if you don't show your power, right? right. Don't you think that's part yeah? So there's there's
0: a little bit of a, a you know, I, I find myself saying this a lot when I've been given the opportunity to speak, I feel like we have so manufactured faith out of our faith. Right. Like we, we don't need God to move. And of course that's in itself an illusion because everything we think we have that, that keeps us safe and stable is really, it's illusory, right? I mean, our, our health is just one small cell from multiplying away from eroding. Our jobs right. are not stable at all. Our whole world is not stable. So even right. the the concept of safety and, and security is an illusion, but our faith doesn't require it. We never put ourselves in a position where we need to see God move, and so why should we expect Him to?
1: Yeah, move? it's basically if God, if you don't, if you're not real, I mean, this isn't. I'm in trouble, right? You know, and it's not about being reckless. It's not about, but there is a reckless faith, right? You know, but it's not that kind of. It's just about putting yourself. Hey, I'm going to stand in front of this train and see if it runs over me. You know, right? To see if God's strong. It's not that. No, no, no. But at the same time. I Also, because I I think I, for years, have been saying yes to Jesus, I'll go into places that are where I need you, and I've had that kind of faith. But I feel like, for me personally, I'm supposed to expect more people getting healed. I've always kind of um, thought, yeah, but the most important thing is that people give their life to Jesus, you know? And healing is good and all, but I don't want to be distracted by the healing. I know maybe that doesn't seem right, but... Because I've seen people where that's all they do is they'll like pray for somebody.
0: Hey, how do you feel? And, and they'll pray for them. Okay, God loves you. And they walk away. Right. And and I think for me, I, right on the line of what you're talking about, I think my hesitation comes down to... And again, I'm not saying this is right because biblically you can't argue this. No. You can't defend this. But it feels almost like I'm thinking, well, I don't want to feel like God has to perform a trick for you. exactly. And, and so that, that sort of wrong thinking leads me to think, well, maybe I, I just... They just need to accept Jesus on academic ground. They they have to accept him, and he doesn't need to perform for them. Exactly. And, And yet you look at Paul, who is very much about intellectual arguments and much about refuting lies and believing what is true, and yet his entire ministry was just... Filled with incredible moves of God. I mean, you, you look at Acts sixteen where he's it normal. You know, it was just normal, right? And he's just being led by the Holy Spirit like a GPS, you right, know. And right. God saying, "Don't, don't go there." Nope, closing this door. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you where to go in a dream. How about that? Right. You know. Right. And, and so. I I think we have to really challenge the assumptions that lead us to not take well, first of all, we need to be in positions to take risks. Yeah. Right. You even look at the context I was in. Mm-hmm. I wanted these young guys to know who Jesus is. You could see the the that they were lost and desperate. Mm-hmm. Um and I I hadn't my words were falling flat. And so in a way I I was saying, God, I know you care so much about these young guys. Right. Show them that you're real. And I didn't feel in that moment like that was like asking God to perform. I think it, you know, we, you could talk a little bit about that, how we don't have money to give them, but, but God wants to heal. There, there is truth to that. Right. Well,
1: I mean, I was, we were going to these really desperate parts of Bogota and, and it's like, and then with all the Venezuelans that have have fled and come here and and they're like, what are we supposed to do? You know, we go in and just like, God loves you. Adios. You know what I mean? I just felt so lame and, and I was saying, God, what are we supposed to do? And we can't, we don't have the resources. Yeah, we to... can't
0: fix all the problems. No, I
1: mean, and we, and, uh, and so I thought, well, that's, some people say, well, that's just some excuse. You know what I mean? And I'm saying, Lord, what do we do? And I felt like God said, you know, I haven't given you um, money that you can give them, but you can, they can be healed. You can give them that. You know, it's like Peter said, I don't have any money for you to the beggar, but stand up and walk. Yeah. You know, and then that, that miracle then, not to mention the fact he could walk, but he also then could come to know Jesus. And so I felt like that was a real challenge for me here in Columbia. But um, I had this one, this experience last night at a show where a guy comes up to me, his, someone was with him and said, Hey, would you pray for this guy? He needs to, you know, to be broken of this stuff in his life. And then he's a guy, he's probably in his mid twenties and he's kind of, yeah, you know, and he's being real like, come on, Yeah. Kind of like Hey, do some magic. You know what I mean? Right. There was no, It was not a surrender. It no, was, there was no surrender was, there. And he's kind of like, yeah, like go ahead. Like you're yeah. a genie or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's so weird because I've never felt this before, but I felt like, I'm not here to... What do you think this is, a joke? I'm not going to pray for you. And he's like, what? And I said, this. I'm not here to do some magic for you. you unless Until you're willing to humble yourself... Because he'd say, oh, I am have these drugs, and I have this problem with girls. So I said, and I... <laughs> It was weird, but I just felt like saying, "I don't want to hear your lame excuses." When you're ready to surrender to Jesus, then I will pray for you. And I walked away, and it was re- You know, he was not expecting this, so I was praying for some other people. And I'm probably a good uh, fifteen minutes later, he came up. He came up to me, and said, "I'm ready to surrender." And I said, "Okay, we have to kneel."
0: Oh, <laughs> and so I this said, "Okay." A big outdoor, yeah, area yeah. And he's a real
1: proud, tough guy. And I said, okay, if you're serious, then we have to kneel. And so he knelt and I, and he prayed this really serious prayer of surrender. And you could see that Jesus was, was meeting him and breaking the chains in his life. And so I don't know what that, that has to do with what we're talking about, but I guess (laughs) it's more about, about the reason God wants to show us power, which he did in this guy's life when he was
0: at a point of surrender. I, I I think it's relevant because what it is is, well, first of all, you're, you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it was very strong. I felt so like... I think I think that's a big part of it, and I think it's it's all it's not it's balance is a word you hate, but it's it's mm-hmm. understanding that it is all working together to ultimately achieve the goal of this person being restored into a relationship with Jesus. Right. And and then, and, yeah. And if I would have just said, you know, oh bless pretty, your family,
1: yeah, and bless you, and oh yeah, help him to not be a, a, addicted or whatever his issues were. It would have not been good, and maybe even he would have felt some release and walked away and not followed
0: Jesus. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think that's what it comes down to. If you look uh, specifically at the life of Paul, or of course, Jesus, there was such a focus um, on the cross. There was such an understanding of the ultimate purpose. Right, right. And everything served that purpose. And so being led by the Spirit, sometimes Paul would preach a strong word, sometimes it was... There was healing, you know, but, but it was, it was kind of working together. It wasn't, I think when people get off on either end of the extreme is when it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God, you know, you, you look at a person and, and God would have, Jesus would have compassion on them. And I mm-hmm. think if we just approach it, um, you know, if it's all, if it's all sort of the academic preaching of the gospel, if, if there's no compassion in it, there's no love, there's no, um, understanding of maybe their, their physical needs or this, this right. difficult situation they're in. Right. Um. That 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 can be wrong, right? Well it just doesn't it say that in James? It's that, you know, hey, God bless you. Yeah, if is- you say God bless you and you leave them unclothed or unfed, yeah. what, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Right. So that there's there's that. And then on the other end of the extreme, you have people who you know, they're, you're giving them a warm blanket, out, and they're on a sinking ship. In hot chocolate, but don't tell them about Jesus. Right. Or and, pray for them to get healed. Right. But
1: then don't tell them why they, you know, that, okay, you got healed, but now you need to understand how serious it is Right? That Jesus came to die for you, and you need to give your life to him.
0: And so I, you know? I think ultimately the, the thing is this, that what what Jesus came to earth to do is is to restore people to himself, to uh, give them a way out, to forgive them for the bad things that they've done, Um. And and God is so good that He will display His power through the lives of those that are trying to do that because He so cares about people, right? Um, but He knows each and every person, He knows each and every heart, and He knows what they need, right? Yeah, you know, I remember one um, a common atheist question you get is why would not God make Himself more obvious. So that everyone would believe. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll often hear an atheist say that. If I was God, I would make it so that it was impossible for me to doubt Him. And in a great response that I've had to that, or I've heard uh, to that that question is, God knows what we need, what an honest person needs to believe in Him. Right. He knows, and right. He doesn't want His love to be for us to love Him in a coerced way, because right. it's ultimately not really about. Um, evidence. It's about surrender, and that's what was really interesting about what you said. Is that it's about surrender, right? And and they, I mean, you look biblically, and the, the the Israelites were were led in the most supernatural way, in a way that was indisputable, mm-hmm. and yet people still they would still reject him. Or mm-hmm. Jesus Himself was present doing these amazing things, and not mm-hmm. everyone believed. Not every person who encountered Jesus believed. And clearly, I ain't going to do it better than Jesus did, right? Right. And so, I think the point is that that. God wants to display his power when we are in in on mission to tell people about him and it's not about us. It's not about us um but what I think it's is you know you I think we should expect that God would show signs and wonders yes. but then ultimately surrender to the idea that he knows what they need.
1: And yeah, that he cares yeah. about
0: the bigger picture. And so sometimes, you know, because we wonder, I mean, I remember you bringing this up where here you have this terrible cough and cold. Yeah, that's right, right. And you're you're like having to cover your mouth while while praying for healing for know, other I'm people like, and the kind of I the felt irony like God, of that. Exactly.
1: I felt like God was saying, I want you to pray for people to be healed so that they will know what you're saying is true. And I'm like, but I've got I've been, and we've been praying, you know, I've got this bronchitis develop and and the team's prayed and I've but you know, God has allowed me to keep having it. You know, that's cool but, but what know? that what that but my point is be healed and
0: I'm coughing <laughs> it's like what <laughs> yeah but that but the irony i guess what that what that shows me is that god's first of all god's ways are not our ways mm-hmm. we don't know the mind of god right and and there needs to be humility in that mm-hmm. um but i think the ultimate point is that god cares about he what his plan for you is so much bigger than we can understand and and so sometimes he's not going to heal you and we don't know why but we should still expect it that's where the tans say and
1: have faith for other people for God because it's I think isn't it because it's not about the actual healing no it's about showing them that this is just not another religious idea or philosophy but that this is the truth right and so it's like when Jesus uh those guys uh, was it where they dug a hole through the roof and he says yeah your cut sins a are, hole. yeah you're yeah cut a
0: hole and your earthen. sins
1: are forgiven yeah and and then the people around are like who is he to forgive sins so that you'll know that I have the I can forgive their sins, take up your mat and walk. Right. Isn't that the point? Yeah. Not the not that he it wasn't good that the guy could walk after that. Now Jesus cares about our physical needs, but if we understand it, really get it, well the the most important thing is that coming to know Jesus.
0: Yeah. And in typical me fashion, don't create a false dichotomy. The fact that that they your dug spiritual, a they, they dug a hole. They dug a hole as if it was in like this sort of like er- mean, earthen they hovel. Their... It was. They well, I, been... I don't know. Then far near near far east, far near east. Maybe it wasn't some sort of earthen hut where they where they had to dig a it hole. It was it was like Braveheart. Well, I don't know. I feel like it was it like a thatched roof. I don't know. I'm what I'm I'm barely aware of building skills in the 21st century. Anyway. The, the point is, don't create a, a false dichotomy here. The fact that I believe that that Jesus cares about your spiritual needs in a transcendent way does not mean that he doesn't care about your physical needs. The, the analogy I often use that I look at my own son or daughter, my my primary concern for them is that they would know their creator. Right. That they would know that God loves them, that, that God can forgive them, that God has a plan for them. That is my absolute primary that's that occupies the first second third fourth and fifth spot of priorities for me as a dad yeah but does that mean i leave them unclothed and i don't take them to the hospital when they're sick or, or I don't you don't feed buy them ice cream of or... course not yeah that, that's ridiculous and and to suggest that because god cares about our spiritual needs most mm-hmm. that that somehow means he doesn't care about their physical needs is, is to create a ridiculous straw man out of this argument the point is that i believe the right balance is that God wants us to set people, he wants to set people free and wants us wants to use us to do that. Right. And that we should have faith to pray for healing and power and prophecies right. and all of the gifts that God has given us because it confirms what is true, that God is not a dead religion. Jesus is not a dead religion, but a God of power. And, and in some cases, that's exactly what someone needs. And in other cases, what they need is to surrender, like in the case of the guy you were talking about. And then experience God's power. Yeah, after he surrendered. So yeah, it's uh, it's been an an amazing time here. And and let me be very let me be very clear. I, I am. This is a work in progress in my life. I mean, even as my story suggested, I was even embarrassed to admit I was almost kind of like, well, I'll give this a shot. Which which is lame, I know. And I want I want God to change my heart on that. I want to have. I want to not just. Have it kind of be thrown in my face. I think God made it so obvious, like, uh, hello, pray for this kid's arm. And it took me so long to notice. Um, I think God wants me to have eyes for that, for physical needs, for um, you know, words for people. I, I know incredible stories of people who that's been the kind of the key that has unlocked the door that has allowed them to, then to preach. Um, so I, I think we really need both and we should expect both. The world doesn't need a dead religion, it needs a God of power. Yeah, I don't need a dead religion. No. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't even touch on all of the other amazing things that God has done on this tour. I mean, I was able to do an uh, interview on one of the biggest TV stations in all of Latin America. Uh, you know, it's a very kind of a cynical entertainment little segment they gave us, two Were to they, five with minutes. With uh, uh,
1: Supermodel and <laughs> who was that, the other dude? but Yeah, whatever. NT24?
0: Yeah, NT twenty, NTN24 was the station. And... Uh, it was, you know, I was able to, God really gave me favor and I was able to jump in and really clearly share who Jesus is. Um, we were on a big uh, secular radio station, uh, again, able to really cl- clearly share. And then the host came to one of our shows and was praying afterwards. Uh, we connected prayed to receive Jesus last night. Yeah. We prayed or um, <clears throat> we connected one of the, with one of the biggest kind of rock punk ska bands here in the entire country called Dr. Crapula. I'm not kidding. Yeah, look them up. They're yeah, huge. They're a big band here. spell the K, right? Yeah, K K R A P U L A, I think. Yeah. And uh, we're you know thinking of doing tours together in Mexico and in the, in all over the world. And yeah. so God is just doing unbelievable things on this tour of Colombia.
1: Yeah, it's it's been it's if if anything, I mean, if I never have, I mean, it just shows the power of the gospel you know, and how important it is to do what, and how many people have said, please keep doing this, you know? Yeah. And, and it's not a, I'm not saying this for you guys who are listening to about us, but it's like, we get out there, man. We got to, we got to tell people about Jesus and everyone is gifted differently. Yep. Uh, so you're not, you're going to do it in the way God has created you to do it, but you got
0: to do it, Yeah. you know, because yeah, people sure. are are so hungry for the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Hopefully you've enjoyed this road report edition of the podcast. Uh, next week, I'm not sure exactly what we'll do for the festive season, but then in the new year we will kick things back off and uh, and hopefully bring you. Oh, I got more. a text from Nigel. Oh, yes.
1: Uh, yes. It, it was. It just said, "Merry Christmas, all the goons from Provoke and Inspire." Wow, oh, that was both poor grammar
0: and a little bit caustic. Yeah, I don't know why, but he gets that way during yeah, Christmas. Yeah. I think he misses his other the, I think the, it's the other he's clone mimes it. in his family.
1: Well, I don't think I think it's cuz he's unemployed right now. Yeah. And yeah. so he's, he's been, been laid Chad, off. He, well, Chad hired him to to give out his book on the side of the street. Yeah. yeah and he had he, one
0: of those sausage suits on and he yeah, was yeah. handing out the book and But uh Yeah,
1: so well, yeah, we love you, man. We love you. Stay Nigel. strong, bro. Keep Stay.
0: getting those applications yeah. out there.
1: There's always a lot of free dinners, you know, during Christmas. You can go to churches and they'll give you free food.
0: Why? That's true, isn't it? That's true. Yes. Uh thank you for listening to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Uh consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Uh well that was kinda like my uh my hostess voice. No, I didn't like it. I know. I didn't like it either. And I didn't mean them donuts either. Hey, how
1: about your book? You know, people should get your book, Jesus yeah. in the Secular World. Yeah.
0: Jesus in the Secular World, Reaching a Culture in Crisis, available everywhere, including Amazon. Oh, yes, Chad, even on Amazon. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provoke and inspire at comeandlive.com.